Merkel Media. Welcome back to Kill the Mockingbirds Aerobics with your personal trainers, Sean, Chris, and Joel Thomas. We're here to get your glutes tight today, baby. Come on, let's go. Work it. Yeah. Tighten those cheeks. Clinch. Tighten those cheeks. Clinch. One, two. Tighten those cheeks. Clinch. Tighten those cheeks. Clinch. One, two. Yay! <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I'm saying, got to get that little sweat going, man. Some Richard Simmons in the building. Did he have a sweatband? I don't know. Find out on the next Kill the Mockingbird. <laughs> Let's get the housekeeping out the way. Don't forget, go to killthemockingbirds.com. And while you're there, stop by Vordian Airwaves. Get yourself a ticket. We will be announcing the winners. I did say it on this episode, but it will be tomorrow. So after this episode, we'll be announcing the, and that will be Friday, I think the 28th. But if you did not win the tickets or we have not reached out to you, you probably did not win the tickets yet. Might as well just go there, get a ticket. And guess what? You could go Friday. You could go Saturday. You could go Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's your choice. Come join us. Have a great time. Live podcast, something you're not going to hear before. Yeah, man. Um, you definitely want to come out and see us because it's going to be a once in a lifetime presentation. We're not going to do anything like this again for the podcast. So you have to see it in person. Plus, we'll be doing a lot of podcaster panels. So you get to ask us questions and you get to hang out with us and, you know, just see what we're up to, what you're up to, uh, all in this sphere. I do want to read um, some comments, man. They've been rolling through these five stars pumping. Keep them pumping, guys. While I'm talking right now, send us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify right now. Write us a review on both. You can do it per episode on Spotify, and you can just give us an overall review on Apple Podcasts. I don't think people understand how much that helps us get in the algorithm and helps other people get a hold of the podcast, even if you're not sharing it. But share it, too. Share the podcast as well to everybody that you can. But we read them here. We try to read all of them. And I promise, if we haven't read it yet, we're going to get to it because we're getting a lot of them. So we try to read as many as we can you know, every week. But... We've got Colorado Bird Killer, tight, flat butt cheeks, tight earth mushrooms, and hermunculus. Oh my. Ain't nothing like a hermunculus flat butt cheeks, baby. We've got boot bootstrappers here, and he just gave us five stars and said good job. So we appreciate those too, man. Hey, you shot us the five stars. You said good job. Love it. We got C. Broughton Bronitizer, tight. What can I say? These are some of my favorite dudes and they keep my butt cheeks tight. Ain't no thing but a really tight anus. And that also apparently keeps the paranormal activity out. That's what Juan Ayala told us that he heard that it keeps them out. So keep them tight, baby. We've got Trescott Forest, a must follow show. Be warned. This is not a show for those who can't question their own beliefs. 
With that said, these two gentlemen are masters of objective reasoning and are expert fact finders. They've put in the work and we all benefit from it. Outstanding. Man, no, that was a great one. We really appreciate that a lot. We do put a lot of work in and we hope that you guys enjoy it. Now we're going to jump to Spotify. We got Hayden Grieve. Good job as always, guys. That's why I love you guys. You're always shitting on superior, in quotations, people and groups just like me. LOL. Keep it up, guys. Yeah, we're not necessarily doing it to shit on them, just so you know, but we are trying to expose some of the things that go on in these groups that say that they're there to help people when in actuality they're here to divide. So there are some good people in these groups. They just are a little misguided because they want to think that they're section of people or race or whatever is better than everyone else and we don't think that that's the case that's not something that we promote it, it would be we'd be hypocritical if we didn't speak up because we talk about the left and the right and the Q and blah 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 so we got to call them all out man we're not gonna just hold back on one right right we're definitely going to we got jonathan dale thank you for mentioning how awful the black kkk aka black Hebrew Israelites are. They're legit the same thing, just a different skin color. Partially agree with that, Jonathan. Um, I don't think they're all awful. Like, I, I think that would be a blanket term. I don't think everybody's in it to hurt people necessarily. Again, misguided. It'd be the same with, you know, the KKK or anything. They think they're doing the right thing, even though they're not. They're completely wrong and they do physically hurt people in the process. So, yeah, I, I, I do like you guys' energy. But yeah, just spawn it into something a little more positive where it's like, hey, we're not just like shitting on these people on these shows that Sean and I do. We are just exposing what all sections of people that think they're superior in any way to others do. Because again, like Sean said, it'd be hypocritical if we didn't expose all of it and we just expose a little bit of it. That would be that wouldn't be right of us to do. It would do you guys a disservice. And usually it's the head of the snake, right? It's the head of the snake you got to chop off. And we're talking about the top people. And just like we've talked about in Freemasonry and anything else, there's low-level people that are usually sucked in for different reasons, whether it be like, hey, I need to get some validation or camaraderie feed or their families. some kind of fraternity feel. <laughs> so, yeah, feed their families. Like, there's the different cause. reasons. They're just trying to feed their families. True, man. They're true. just like, you know what? I don't know how many stories I've heard about guys getting involved in gangs and you know, some sort of supremacist group because it was family and they were able to take care of their families doing it. And like you said, head of the snake feeds on that type of mentality. Cause like, Hey, I can just lure this guy in to help me achieve my goal. And we've got this bunch of numbers and letters. I'm not even going to spell that out, but it says very good, super goofy. One thing I've heard in passing is that arguably Nimrod was the first master Freemason. Don't know though. I wasn't there. Um, I don't know about that because Freemasonry, at least in what I've studied, was before the flood and Nimrod was after the flood. So at least the tenants were there. I don't know. Maybe he was called the first master Mason. Who knows? Because there were other secret societies before Freemasonry. Freemasonry was a spawn off of a lot of that. So, but, uh, you know, good one there. Uh, I'll keep an eye out if he's he's throwing up any symbols. If I see an old old tablet with Nimrod throwing something up, I'll, I'll let you guys know. And lastly, I want to read this email because sometimes we get the emails in and I won't read all of it, but it's from a lady named Nicole. Hi guys, love your show. Just listened to your Trump show. Then I seen this quite interesting. I know Joel's the research king and I would consider this detrimental. 
I did vote for Trump. He's an excellent businessman. And the United States is a corporation at this point. I don't believe or disbelieve anything that I don't really know. I like to take all sides and things into consideration. I'm an empath with a very strong intuition, so I'm quite good at weeding out bullshit. Anyway, I thought you'd want to check this out. Nicole, we really appreciate you reaching out to us. I don't think I'm the research king by any stretch. I think there's a lot of guys that are far better than me, but I do put a lot of work in and so does Sean. So we, we do try to dig up everything that we can in saying that. Sean and I did go to the link and we don't not check the stuff out. And we did. And I'll be quite honest with you. None of it changed my mind at all. I don't think it was detrimental at all to what Sean and I put together. As a matter of fact, not one point that we made was brought up in that film. Not one. Or maybe she meant the other way too. That's what I didn't know. Cause sometimes that's what sucks about text and stuff. When she said detrimental, I didn't know if she meant like, detrimental to his cause and like, Hey, you guys are right or detrimental in what we're saying. So that, that, that's the only confusion part I would say that I didn't really get, but yeah, as far as watching that, like it didn't change my mind at all. If anything, it actually pushed me further and be like, wow, we're right. Like, yeah, it was, it was definitely a QAnon put together film from all, <laughs> from all accounts is what it looked like to me, you know, going through it. Um, but again, like you said, and I thought about that too, in retrospect, maybe she said detrimental in the fact that this was just lining up to what we had already said in that um, presentation that we did about Trump. So either way, we did take a look at it. So, you know, we do appreciate it. We like it when you guys send us, you know, messages like that because they're positive and then you're giving us something to look at and it's not, you know, a bunch of garbage because some people do send us some stuff and we have to block them, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah because yeah, they just can't they, yeah incel incels you know how it goes guys <laughs> and don't forget to check out why you're leaving a five stars and you're sharing to your friends you can also go down the links below or just go to sean chris joel thomas on all streaming platforms right now go check out the shape of shadows soundtrack on all streaming platforms. You know what? You could just hit Siri or say, Siri, hey Siri, hey Alexa, play the Shape of Shadows soundtrack or play Sean Chris or play Joel Thomas. And you know what? If you want, you could put it on repeat while you go to sleep, turn it down all the way down. <laughs> get, stack those views up. You know what I'm saying? Get us a, uh, get us that point zero zero one that you get from. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's that simple. Siri will pull it up quick. Uh, Alexa will p pull it up quick. I've tried it on all of them, so they know who we are. So all you got to do is say Joel Thomas music, Sean Chris music, play their music, and they will. And you will get to hear everything we got to bring to the table. We got a lot of music out there. And we appreciate y'all, but I think you guys are ready to get into the show. There are two new Mandela effects, which is a Mandela effect. Okay. This one have another Mandela effect, and I need listen about multiverses, and it's Mandela effects in movies, you crazy Mandela effects that I can get. All right, guys, there's a crazy new Mandela effect happening right The Mandela? The Mandela effect. The Mandela effect is when a large number of people have memories of events that don't match reality. This is called the Mandela effect because millions of people specifically remember Nelson Mandela died in prison. He didn't. People remember his wife walking beside his casket in a funeral procession that was on television for two hours that day. Yay! A subject that we have... Not even touched, man. Surprisingly. I mean, it's everywhere. This is like one of the most probably talked about topics I've seen for the last maybe five years or so, or maybe three could be longer. But since I've seen it in my scope is the Mandela effect. And I want to give people a trigger warning. 
because sometimes we talk about stuff like this and I know people are rooted into it. Just know I'm not talking about you. Joel's not talking about you. These are our thoughts and what we think it may be. You may disagree. You may agree. There's your trigger warning. I'll get off my soapbox real quick because I don't want to offend anybody. This That's not what we do. We're just here to present information, how we find it and how it kind of comes out for us. Yeah. And in saying all that, Sean, you were very nice and sweet to our audience, but I will follow up with keep your butt cheeks tight, baby. Get them tight. We don't care. Get them tight because we're going to challenge you. We're always going to challenge you. You know how we do it. It's how we do it, baby. Yeah. We ain't here to like, we're not here to like come at you, but we're going to see how we feel. And if it bothers you, tighten them up. Get them tight, baby. Booyah, dog. Man, and I'm clinching my cheeks hard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but the Mandela effect, right? And you heard the little bit intro kind of explains what the Mandela effect is. And the term originated in 2009 by Fiona Brooke or Broom. After she discovered that, along with a number of others, she believed that Nelson Mandela had died in the 80s, right? And she went around on a tour, she wrote books about it, and she was broadcasting the message live. And I think you got to remember the year 2009. That will be important later on when we get to the trail of this. Absolutely. But I didn't find too much on Fiona. I know that you were saying you got a little bit on her. I know she was a journalist and she was a paranormal researcher. She wrote for Fate Magazine and Fate Magazine is pretty much one of the first paranormal cryptid type of like magazine or media outlet from my understanding. Yeah. So when you go to her website, it's definitely put together by her or somebody that is helping her put this together. But she's a pretty big figurehead in the paranormal world. And she's actually done some cons. She actually goes to like Dragon Con and she does some of these events where people get to meet her. So she's not all the way out of the public eye, but she doesn't do television. However, she does scouting for paranormal shows. So she gets good areas that these paranormal shows can go and film at. That's one of the things that she does. Plus, she's wrote like a thousand articles, several books. Um, but she also states at the very top of her webs website, she says that if you want to know anything about ghosts, ghost hunting, or haunted places, I probably have answers. They're answers you can trust. And that sounds a lot. Sounds a lot like 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 the government right there. Like some three letters. We you can trust us. You can trust me. So that's kind of where she starts, and then she just says she's a skeptic when she goes into these situations. And she's looking to prove it wrong. However, if she can't, then she goes into the weird and she goes into the paranormal, which she absolutely believes in. Now, she did talk about her first articles were published in Fate magazine in 1970, in the 70s. Now, that is a very interesting rabbit hole. I started going down this Fate magazine rabbit hole and I was very curious. I was like, who put together this, you know, Fate magazine? Well, there's a Raymond A. Palmer. And he was one of the co-founders in 1948 that started this. And Fate Magazine is the longest-running magazine devoted to the paranormal ever. And it talks about a lot of stuff. UFOs, psychic abilities, ghosts, cryptozoology. They get into everything. Also, they talk about the Fordian phenomena, which was started by Charles Hoy Fort. 
and the terms Fordian and Fordiana are used to characterize a specific anomalous phenomena. So it's a, a wide branching phenomena. So if anybody want to know why we call it the Fordian Airwaves Ultimate Podcast Conference, that's where the word Fordian comes from, is from this guy, Charles Foy Fort. Now to spin back to Raymond A. Palmer, Palmer did amazing stories from like 1938 to 1949. And then he left Ziff Davis Publishing to start Fate Magazine. Now, part of that, he published a lot of books underneath his publication company. And one of those books, this is very interesting, was the Oaspi New Bible. And this Oaspi was published first in 1882. And it was a guy, John Newbro, who was a dentist. This is really crazy. He was a dentist, but he was also a spiritualist. And he said that he goes into this trance where these angel ambassadors came to him and went into him and had him automatically writing very similar to Aleister Crowley when he went through the whole thing with Iowas and wrote the Book of the Law. So this was written. He doesn't even remember writing it. And everybody that follows the Ohaspi, they're called faith faithists. And in part of this entire Bible, they call it the new Bible. So when he came out with this, it superseded the old Bible. This became the new Bible. So I find it fascinating that these angels, what kind of angels, came to him and told him this story. Now, part of the story in this entire uh, Ohaspi, it breaks down these different uh, types of people at the beginning of time. So you get the Ihin, which were called the Abels. So you got Adam, who was the first, and he created the Abels, the Ihin, and then from the Ihin mating, hello, mating with the Asu, with these angelic beings, they created the Druk or the Canes. Which are equated with, guess what? The Nephilim, baby! It's already happening! It's already happening! So here we are. Here's a book. The new Bible that was written, given by fallen angels, that was given to this man, Raymond Palmer, re-released it under his publishing company that puts out Fate Magazine. which Broom's a part of. So here we are. Here's the connection between Fiona Broom, who created the word Mandela Effect, and the Nephilim. Already. We, we're only 10 minutes in! Damn it. It's getting it's hot, getting man. Hot. <laughs> yeah, it's getting It's getting hot! You know what I mean? And then her name, Fiona Broom, man, that's like such a spooky name. Like, you know what I mean? Where you're like, well, man, like, that's not even, doesn't even sound real. And, I think even, uh, I don't know if it was Raymond or Curtis, because they were the ones that started it, but one of them was like a like borderline a midget or little person, whatever they call it, whatever the PC term is, and like a hunchback, and like he was the one writing sci-fi, I believe, and they were, they were saying that, and I found that interesting because I'm like, he was writing all this stuff, and it almost, again, it brings me back to that movie 300, and that like deformed hunchback dude, and like making these deals with people because you're you feel a certain way about your life. And I just thought that was 
really telling because he was writing a lot of fiction and then supposedly had a UFO encounter and that's what really pushed him into this or fate magazine. He was an homunculus. <laughs> I, yes, that's I totally agree, bro. That's why I was that's why it was like, bro, this has to be because and that's what I picture when we were talking about clones and stuff, what I'm saying, like, hey, they don't always turn out good. They don't always turn out right. They turn a little wobbly here. Their their shoulders are on the wrong side, their heads down. You know what I mean? That's that that bootleg one. I've got a good one for you though. You brought up her name, Broom, and I dug a little bit about her last name because she actually breaks down. She made a point to break out down where her name came from, the genealogy and all that on her website. I was like, why would somebody do that? It's weird. You know what I mean? Like really weird that she would do that. So she even says her notes for those who speculate about her name. And they said the surname may come from the broom plant, but this is, this is crazy too. She said, I'm pleased that the broom with an E spelling is connected to the ancestral pilgrimage to the Holy Land and the Crusades. I rather love the romance and spirituality of that. While I'm fascinated by eerie places and ghost-like phenomena, I have my own faith-based and very private views of actual ghosts and spirits. Made me think when you're talking about the Holy Land and the Crusades, what's super connected to that? The Knights Templar, the Freemasons. Here's her name and she makes a point that it's tied to the Crusades and this spirituality that she doesn't want to talk about. So again, there's a lot of shrouded mystery around this character, this broom character, but if you do just a little bit of digging, you can see that mm, something's just not quite right here. It doesn't add up that why are these Nephilim, why is this Freemasonry, this Knights Templar already tied in to this Mandela effect out the gate, Sean. And she's the one that coined the term. And again, 2009, that is an important year because of things that have happened prior and then things that we've think set in motion. Because when she's saying that, she's telling you like about false dreams, I mean, false memories, and, and they she discussed and goes, like you said, to conferences, wrote books about it, and telling people that, hey, oh, you also remember that? You remember uh, Nelson Mandela dying? And then you get this chain reaction of things that are like crazy. I think you got like 50. I got probably like 20. Uh, there's tons of them, man. We could probably go a whole three hours of just naming Mantella effects. And I think we it would be helpful to go through some and do a little explanation of what we think could be a possibility now is there time slips sure there's maybe possibilities of anything i can't i can't rule it out i can't rule out when we know everything that goes on and especially when fallen angels are involved and entities and and paxed and and weird things like that but i think a lot of it has to do with the perception of people like somebody says something and they're like, no, it was always that. But the guy goes, no, it was this. Remember? And it kind of just sticks in their brain. Like we were talking beforehand, you know, like you were saying, like how you're leading the witness type of deal, right? You're giving them the, you're forcing them to go to your answer. You're only giving them the option. You're persuading them. You're saying, Hey man, don't you think it was this? And one of the good ones, the one of the most notable ones, any star Wars fans would know is the Luke, I am your father, right? Everybody says, Luke, I am your father. That's like 
infamous. We've seen it in plenty of stuff. And I'm just going to play the Star Wars one. And this is what now people say that it was changed. A time ripple through time, whatever it may be, changed it to this. No, I am your father. So he says, no, I am your father. And people are like, no, it's it's got to be something that's changed that either CERN or, you know what I mean, Time Travelers, 2012, whatever it may be. Everybody has their own little explanations. But one example I would show, and I think this is what happens with a lot of these Mandela effects, is you see it in a movie, and sometimes maybe they can't say that line directly from the, the movie. I don't know if there's any royalties involved, but here's Tommy Boy, and I think a lot of people get the Luke mixed up with this. La, la, Luke. Luke, I am your father. Yeah, that, that to me, that's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. And you were just talking about movies, man. I mean, another really good one is Forrest Gump. You know, the famous line, life is like a box of chocolates. But in the film, Tom Hanks actually says life was like a box of chocolates. And so people are like, oh, it's a time shift. There's a weird word glitch. But actually, he said both promotional prom material included the familiar life is like a box of chocolates. But when it hit the actual film, it was was. So when the film came out, it's very similar to if you watch a trailer, there'll be clips in the trailer that don't even make the film. So you'll be looking at something in a trailer, be completely different when you get to the film. That happened way back then, too. There's 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 explanations to a lot of this stuff, right? I mean, you were just talking about the the 50 different ones. We got like Jif peanut butter. Everybody said for sure it was Jiffy. Oh, I saw Jiffy. I'm telling you, I saw Jiffy. You probably saw Skippy, its competitor, and then somehow morphed it into it being either or. Listen, our minds are very powerful tools, but they could also be manipulated very easily. We can be told things, especially if we're not paying enough attention to something, someone can introduce an idea. And if it's not something on our radar, like somebody could tell me, man, Sean used to have blue eyes. What happened to that? I've never really paid attention to Sean's eyes. So if I didn't, I'd be like, man, you're right. It's Mandela fat. Sean's different. You know what I mean? And it's, it's very easy to manipulate people into that. Looney Tunes is another one. Everybody assumed that was T-O-O-N-S, but it was actually T-U-N-E-S, always. Um, but that's what, you know, everybody thought, you know, the whole Berenstain Bears, Berenstain Bears with the E and the A being swapped out. Well, come to find out when people dug through it, there was a batch of books that went out that were spelled wrong. So people that did have pictures of books that were spelled wrong, they were right. And you know what? Those books are probably worth a lot of money. I know that, matter of fact, I was telling Sean before we got on air, I've got a pop Funko of Jeff Goldblum, the one where he gets shot and he's like laying to his side in the first Jurassic Park. Well, they've got a pop Funko and he's actually laid to his side and he's shot. And the first one that I got, um, the name was spelled wrong on the box, but then later versions, they corrected the spelling. So the original boxes were worth more because they were spelled wrong. So you get that too. So it'd be easy for me to be like, Mandela effect, take a picture of it, put it on there. It's different. It's different. 
Some of this stuff's explainable, guys. It's not always like some sort of time slip or time warp. There's actually things that like get in your brain. Like when you go to the Looney Tunes, like to me, first cartoons, right? You you see the tune, so you assume that's how it would be sp- spelled. And also in the early 90s, there was a show called Tiny Tunes. So I think they mash both of the ideas together, not intentionally, but these aren't things that were super focused on it's just something hey we watch this and depending on your age range too like older people remember it more different that were like hey i was 30 when tiny tunes came out but if you were 10 if you were seven if you were five you're gonna miss the Absolutely, two together man i mean there's some of them too that i never thought was a mandela effect like the one that everybody talks about is curious george and that he now is missing a tail but he never had a tail. I never remember him having a tail. I had a bunch of his books when I was a kid, too. I never remember him having a tail. I think that was kind of like the funny thing about it. He was a monkey without a tail, right? That's As a kid, that's what I thought. People talk about sex and the city. Again, I always thought it was sex and the city. I never knew people thought it was sex in the city. So it's always sex and the city. Febreze is another one that everybody thought with the two E's. It's actually one E. Um, there's just, there's a lot, there's a host of them. Oscar Meyer's another big one. It's M-A- Y-E-R, not M-E-Y-E-R. And people are like, I know it was with an E. I know it was with an E. So there's a lot of these, man. Fruit Loops. And once you're, and once you're determined, though, to say, like, it had the E, like, you're like, oh, I seen it. Like, it's it's hard to, like, deter that person. They've convinced themselves that right, they saw exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, people see King Henry the 13th. And they said he had a turkey leg, eating a turkey leg in the famous painting, the portrait of the King of England, but it was never there. So I think people just assumed. Also, another thing people got to realize, there are a lot of internet trolls out there as well. And a lot of guys that are really good with Photoshop and they will create these things and put it out in space to create, I think, these Mandela effects. Sometimes it's not even government involvement. This is just a guy at the house who wants to play a joke and see how many people that he can trick, and he's going to put that out there. I've noticed, and I was talking uh, to some people this past week about it, how easy it is to manipulate and trick people. I've watched people get worked up over an article headline, and they don't even click and read the article. They don't even spend five to ten minutes to look into the subject. Very similar to this whole alien fiasco that's been going on about the bodies that were presented at the Mexican congressional courts. Very similar. You post one thing about it. You didn't even say what you thought about it. Immediately, the truther communities all up in arms, fake, 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 paper mache, fake, fake. That's the first thing they go to. How would you know if something was real or not? Because immediately your brain is, is programmed to believe that it's fake. So you're not even going to try to accept the fact that there could be some reality to it. I think this is how the truther community is going to get duped in the long run, especially when it comes to extraterrestrials. Now, most people that listen to this show know what I think that extraterrestrials are and what they're connected to. I think when they show up, it's going to be something that you can't explain. You're going to be like, oh my God, I'm looking at beings. They're right in front of me but you've been duped now because you thought everything was fake. Now, now you're going to believe everything they tell you because they pulled the ultimate sigh up on you. You believed everything was fake until it wasn't. And then you have nothing else to, to think back on no other grounding. So all you've been saying fake, but you never thought about what it could be. 
Then you get duped. Same thing with the Mandela effect. It's 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 multiple Mandela effects. I think that Mandela effect can encompass a lot of stuff, even these psyops within the truther community. It's the same thing. It's just layers on layers and layers. Yeah, there's so many layers to it. And to go back to another one, the Monopoly, the Monocle, right? And I think you can that can be explained as well. When Ace Ventura, I think it's part two, where he's like, you know, he gets it and he wears the hat, has the monocle, and he's like, can't pass go. He's like, oh, you know, he's talking terms of Monopoly. And I think people, that's how we associate things. And the Monopoly guy looks a lot like the little uh, peanut guy, right? The guy, uh, what's it, Mr. Peanut or whatever. That That's things that we see. And also, here's another one the, that everybody always is going crazy about is the Snow White, the magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? Everybody thinks it says mirror, mirror on the wall. And to me, I think they get it from the Snoop Dogg Lottie Dottie song. The bathroom to wash up. I threw some soap on my face and put my hands up on a cup and said, um, mirror, mirror on the wall. It's like you're, you, because you, you're like, say you watched it when you're five. You, you don't remember exactly every single aspect of Snow White. But then when you hear a movie say it, and, and it's not just Snoop, there will be multiple people saying it. And I think they can't always use those lines because they're probably copyrighted. And not only that, but Ric Flair. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Why, it's you, nature boy. Woo! He's done the same thing. Most people that quote that say mirror, mirror on the wall because... It just flows better. And I do think a lot of it came from that Snoop Dogg song that you play because that's the one most people remember. So again, I don't, it's not some big Mandela effect, you know, in play, I think. I, I, I just think that this Mandela effect, and as we go throughout this presentation, you're going to see more and more that Sean and I think that this has been a carefully constructed psyop that's been created by governments and three letters to disavow and disprove certain major things that are important to people. Plus it's there to confuse you. So the more you're confused, the less that you keep your eye on the ball. It's like I was just talking about the alien thing. I find that the truther community right now is really against aliens, really against extraterrestrials right now. Anything because of blue beam, yeah, UFO related, it's, and it's and it's blue beam. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're very. It's always the same trigger buzzwords that they use: blue beam, fake. They never look into the spiritual aspect of what this could be, and that's going to be to their own detriment. I think that's how you trick the truther community. You out fake them. And that's what they're doing right now. They're out faking them. Here's the best part about those bodies. They could be fake or real. I don't know. Regardless, if they were real, you wouldn't know because immediately you would say they were fake. You wouldn't know. Like They said they were a thousand years old and they were fossilized. Do you even know what something fossilized even looks like? Most people don't. And I'm not saying they're real, guys. Don't, don't take that into account. They could be fake. What I'm saying is, though, they're never what you think they are. And that means even fake. You guys are so driven on everything being fake. You're going to get faked out. That's what's going to happen. You know, in basketball, when they give you a fake out, when they do that pump fake, 
and you go in the air and you go running by and they hit that three-pointer to win the game, that's what they're going to do to you. They're going to hit that three all over you because you got faked out because you were so consumed with everything being fake and so consumed with whatever else. Like, they're keeping our eye off off Biden and, and, and him being impeached. And I'm like, come on, bro. Like, when's the last time a president was actually impeached? Like, seriously, like, you guys got to start really thinking that this stuff is, is that's the real psyop, the fake the fakery right here not not this alien i'm telling you the alien stuff is going to hit people smack dab in the face and they're not going to know what to do with it when it hits because they weren't looking into the other layer behind the layer of what's actually going on with these entities and that's that's my say on it and you can send all your messages to Vantessa music on instagram i'll give you a moment real quick Hope that was enough time for you to uh, get your <laughs> get your little message in real quick. But no, I agree with you. I think that people want to say that everything's fake. Like they may not agree with some of the stuff we're talking about. Like even with going to the Queen song that we are the champions, you know, and everybody says of the world. Like, well, they did that a live performance. They really had a live performance where they did say that. And then people, Mighty Ducks, you know, got Chicken Little, uh, like other movies where they have sung that part and it's part of the song. And, it, and then you hear it at stadiums, like another good one that they don't really say, but I was thinking about this while I was watching college football, you know, we were here, sweet Caroline, but bop, bop, like, like the, some of the words that we say in that, like, the, the, was it the, ah, man, I can't remember, but there's a couple words that are not, the, it's the, it's the crowd saying it, man. Like, you know what I mean? They're adding it because, because, because it's, it's a group of people. And now you're going to forever think, especially some people have never heard that song except in a college stadium. You know what I mean? You've never went and go, hey, I'm going to check out this track. That, to me, is what happens a lot. And a lot of people, the biggest one, I think, besides the Ed McMahon uh, Publishers Clearinghouse, which can pretty easily be debunked. I mean, I know, like... First of all, a lot of the interviews where they've asked him about it, they've kind of thrown it. Like, there's a Tom Green one where he's like, yeah, published Clearinghouse. And then he's like, yeah, Ed McMahon was like 80 years old, man. I don't even know if you know what Tom Green was saying. But he really worked for American family publishers. And I think that because their competitors was Publishers Clearinghouse, they kind of rode with it, you know, because it was a mix. And it started mixing people because they both gave up big checks. They both were doing this little TV thing. I think that's what people get confused on. And the other big one that everybody talks about is the Shazam, right? Shazam. I know it. I seen it. Uh, Sinbad was a genie. And it's just weird because some of the stuff you see, it's definitely Photoshopped, man. Like there's the one where it's like, uh, there's some sin because Sinbad was, had a lot of movies in the early nineties. And there was a lot with like the one where he was like the first kid. There was another one where, uh, he was, you know, it was a, these kid comedies. I think he was like moving in with like he lost his house or something, moved in with one of his buddies and help, was helping his kid. They took pictures of that. And and then he did a little spoof on the Shazam to kind of like get everybody did like a little like I think it was like two, three minutes. So all, I'm just like, that's all the pictures you got. If you really got something, I would love to right. see. Right. I mean, there's so many of them. Another Star Wars one is C-3PO has a silver leg. And that's something that I remember way back that he had a silver leg. That was, you know why I know that? Because the figures back then had the silver leg too, like the original figures. So he was never all gold. We knew that he was patchworked. That was the whole point. He only was all gold 
in the prequel series that came out later because in the prequel series, he was a newer robot. By the time you saw him in New Hope, which was the first one, which was actually the fourth one, he was already beat up and like, you know, missing, like changed out parts. That was the whole point. Well, wasn't there a whole scene where there was a whole scene? I think, I don't know if it was episode two or three. I'm not a big, I can't say that I know all about Star Wars. They were, he was in a pile of parts and they were like putting them back together. So it's like kind of obvious, but to go back what you said, the action figures, I think that's another thing. Merchandise. Merchandise changes it. Like if you have a Darth Vader toy and it says, Luke, I am your father. I don't know why they did that. Maybe it's copyright. Maybe it's a bootleg. Same thing with the gold thing or they, or they were just trying, whoever did it was like, ah, I painted all gold. Who cares? No, they're going to buy it. They're just trying to get things out. Same thing with sex in the city. If it's a bootleg or if you're just trying to like set mistakes happen, People try to capitalize and make money off of it. I think we, it, why would it just be so small things? You know, like little, like, hey man, it's Jiffy, not Jiff. Like, why would a time rip only make so small matters? But I guess it doesn't, Joel. People are saying that it changed a lot of other things, not just stuff on the internet. You know, you got the Fruit of Balloons where they said uh, a cornucopius was with it. And some people believe it did have a cornucopius. But there's also this thing where they're saying, was it shoddy uh, screen printing at the time where the brown of the stems made it look like something around it, but you couldn't really focus on it. And then all the other stuff looks kind of fake. You can print stuff up now. And maybe there was some brown from something else after yeah. they wore them. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that was the cornucopia. Because <laughs> yeah. your pushies were not tight. Loose. <laughs> Get those entities in there. But to really get everybody's cheeks real tight, the thing that they're saying is changing now is I, as I want to play this little clip and then I'll let you get into the spiel because I think you're the, the right person to really not debunk, but kind of like really explain further and give more context to, to this clip. You want to see what I just found in my house that proves CERN is fucking with the Bible? That Bible was printed in 1970. So, if all the Mandela effects are fake satire and they're really just scrubbing the internet, then that book should not say what everybody else is saying is saying, right? Bring them in front of me and slaughter them. So let's check it out. How did CERN change the words print on paper? And this is a Catholic Bible at that. From the Vatican, 1970, out of Wichita. Copyright, 1970. But it is the 1982 to 83 edition. So 40 years old, roughly. Plus. Luke, 19. 27, right? 19. 27. Now about those enemies of mine who do not want me to be king. Bring them and slay them in my presence. Really? Ah. <sighs> uh, uh, listen, listen, I don't care what anyone says, Snow White was mirror mirror on the wall, Star Wars was Luke, I am your father, Chick-fil-A did not have a fucking cat, Bob Barker didn't die three times, but he did, say explain that, it's Christian, Christian, explain that. Hey, I'm here to explain it. <laughs> hey, I'm the Christian right here explaining y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny enough, when we were doing all this research on the Mandela effect, Sean, that was one of the rabbit holes I went down was the Bible being changed. 
and people saying that verses were added or taken away from the Bible as a part of CERN and some sort of manipulation from entities. So the first thing I'm going to say, first and foremost, Satan must be more powerful than God at that point. He must be more powerful than God to destroy God's own word. So at that point, I've really got a tough time. Then I need to question who I'm believing in or who I'm following. We all just need to follow Satan because he's winning left and right. Yeah, like we should just give up, right? Like we should just, and that's that's kind of the reason I didn't, I should have clipped it more, but it was just such a long clip and he had extra music. But what he was saying too, he was really questioning the reason why like is questioning like people's face. Like, are you sure you should be believing in this? Because if they can change it, it is what you believe even real? They really, this person, and I don't think he's doing it. And I don't think it's not saying he's a CIA agent, which I mean, very well could be, but I doubt it. But he's hearing this message and he full on believes that not only was the Bible changed, but if the Bible was changed, that basically saying God's not real or what we believe as God right, is not exactly. real. And I'm going to actually go through a, a few Bible verses today that people say are Mandela effects, but we'll start with his since that's like the first one. And that's the one that people bring up. It's Luke 19, 27. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Now, if you go to a King James Bible or a new King James Bible or any of the English translations, you'll see it in red. So this is Jesus talking right here. So if you just took that verse and read it, like, man, Jesus is saying we need to bring people before him and, and kill them in front of him is what it's saying. It's actually not. Whenever you read anything, that's like me writing something or you writing something and them taking one sentence of what you said and then took out the absolute rest of it, the context. We always talk about context of anything, not just in the Bible, but with whatever. You could take somebody's words in an interview out of context. We've seen that happen before where somebody said something about someone else, you know, whether it was a celebrity or whatever else. And before you know it, two celebrities got problems with each other, but then they realized the context that something was said and like, oh, yeah, you didn't mean that or you didn't mean it that way. This is what it means. So there is a parable in Luke 19, it's called the parable of the 10 minutes. So the parable of the 10 minutes, a nobleman leaves for a foreign country in order to be made king. So he's telling a parable, a fable. This is a story. A parable is a story that he tells that is a fictional story, but it has meaning to your real life. So when he's sitting in front of people telling a story, it's almost like a riddle. He's telling how this equates to how you can live your life. It's like when I read the Bible, there are some real stories in the Bible, but I know that the essence of the stories can work for me in my own life. You know, I look at David and Goliath. I think about David slaying the giant. Well, I can slay giants in my own life, not literal giants. Well, not yet anyway, but not literal giants, but the giants, the obstacles in my life. And this is what Jesus is talking about. It's a parable of a nobleman that leaves to be king. Now he gives 10 minutes, which are coins to his servants, to 10 of his servants. So they each get a menace and a minna was a good sum of money. So it was about three months wages that he gives to the servants. And he tells them, put this money to work until I come back. So he's asking them to invest. Take your money, invest it, make more money. Now, the man's subjects hated him and sent word to him that they refused to acknowledge his kingship. 
So when the man becomes king, he's crowned king, he returns to his homeland and he begins to set everything right. So he calls forth the 10 servants whom he loaned the menace and they gave an account of what they did with the money. Now, some of the guys earned more than what they were given. They earned a lot. And he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant, which is a very popular verse in the Bible because it means that I gave you something and you built with it, which that is a correlation to how we should live our lives. Like God gives us something and we build with what he gives us with our talents or whatever else. Now, some of the servants came, they yielded less. He still rewarded them though. He's like, you you still built with what I gave you. Now, some of them didn't do anything. They sat on it. They said, we were scared because you were a hard man. And he calls them a wicked servant. And then at the end of the story, he then says, commands that his enemies, the ones that rebelled against his authority, be brought before him right there in the king's presence, and they were executed. So the moral of the story, it's not Jesus saying, bring these people to me and slay them in front of me. He's talking about the king in the story. The king in the story is saying that you did not abide by what I'm doing bring them before me and kill them. This was a very common practice in those days. So he's telling a story that people would understand how kingship works. So what he's saying is, hey, God, the father, myself, we give you these talents, we give you these things, do well with them. If not, you're going to doom yourself. It's not that somebody's literally killing you. That's not happening. This is a story. It's a parable. It's, it's clear as day. You can literally go read the chapter and read the story. But he took a verse out and people are doing that with this verse and saying that Jesus is saying, you're going to bring people in front and kill them. No, it's not. He's telling a story. He never said that. So this one's not a Mandela effect. It's the furthest thing from a Mandela effect. So that one's easily debunkable in my mind. It's a book edit, right? It's a, it's a. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's what it, it really is because you, it's like if we're doing an interview and they cut it out where they make us say stupid things or make it like they t- take the part where it's like, Hey man, I don't want to say it because man, someone's going to clip it now. So now I got to be careful what I say, but you know what I mean? (laughs) If we say something ignorant shit, but we're talking about somebody else, they did it with Joe Biden when he, he was quoting. I mean, there's a lot of dumb stuff you can put out Joe Biden, but there was, he was quoting a governor and when he was dropping the M bomb on it, he was quoting somebody. Now, should he say it? Should he not say it? That's a whole different thing. But to say that he did it, it's that would be lying. And that's the same thing what I see here. It's like Joe Rogan. They did the same thing with Joe Rogan. He was talking about context. He used the N-word in context of what other people were saying. And somebody made a collage of how many times he said the N-word. Again, is it right or wrong for him to do that? I don't know. I think if you're saying something that someone said, I wouldn't personally, because I just know how what this climate is <laughs> that people are in. But To say that he did something wrong is ludicrous because he was speaking of it in a context. And this verse is completely in a context. He's not saying directly, this is the literal meaning. No, this is a metaphorical story. And he starts it out as a metaphorical story. It's a parable. It's one of the many parables that he taught, like the sower with the seed. That's another parable. 
That's not a literal representation of we are actual seeds walking around and we're growing stems out of our bodies. It, that's, that's clearly going to be the case, though, if you take this verse and say that it's literal. Then you have to take all of his other parables and say they're literal, too. And then you're just out of your skull cap because then you just don't even know what you're talking about anymore. So, yes, he, I think this guy literally heard someone else say this. this you see this all the time. Heard someone else talk about this. He, he doesn't read the Bible clearly. He, he found the verse. See, it's right here. He's telling you to kill people in front of him. And it's like, no, he didn't. It's, you didn't even read the chapter. You had it in front of you. Yeah, he said it, and that's why they're taking it. It's like, see, that he did say that, and then Jesus is supposed to be this good guy. Look, they changed Jesus into bad guy, but you're not reading the whole story. You're stuck at this little part that he's telling you, and you're not even you're manipulating people intentionally or unintentionally because you're not telling the full context. You're not even explaining that he's talking about a story where there's characters involved and he's speaking a parable, what they would right. want to say. And I'm going to read one more. Uh, there's several of these Bible uh, verses that people take and mix up. And, but this is another, this is another one up there with that particular one. That's huge. It's Isaiah 65, 25. Now, people think that it says, and the lion and the lamb shall lay down together. That's a pretty common theme in Christian circles. You see a lot of paintings, um, murals with the lion and the lamb together. You see this imagery a lot. And sometimes you may even see the word Isaiah with it in some cathedrals, but it's actually not in there. The word in the Bible is wolf that lays with the lamb. And the actual verse is the wolf and the lamb shall graze together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall do no evil or harm in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. So again, lion is in the verse. So that I think that's very easy to mix up. Also, Jesus is known as the lion of Judah. There's a lot of lion imagery when it comes to Jesus Christ himself. Matter of fact, I've got 37 verses here in front of me where the word lion is used, sometimes in a very metaphorical sense when it's talking about the lion of Judah. So I think people attribute the, the lion imagery to being majestic, us being kings, us being lions. You know, you don't want to be a sheep. You want to be a lion. The whole imagery is that Jesus is the lion or the dangerous lion is laying with the lamb, the weak sheep. So that's the imagery. Because here's the thing. What looks better, a lion or a wolf? Wolves are generally attributed to something evil. That's at least how people think immediately. You think about Little Red Riding Hood. You think about werewolves, dogmen. You always think about something evil when you think about a wolf. So that is when you're looking at something like a painting or something like that, you're going to take it and you're going to morph it into what you think that it should be. It's just like in Isaiah eleven six. People think that lion was in this one where it says, and the lion will dwell with the lamb. It actually doesn't. It says, and the wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. So again, lion's in there. It's just not laying with the lamb, but the young lion is laying with the calf, the calf, the cow calf. So it is laying with something weak. So that imagery is there. It's just not what people think that it is. And when they see the imagery and the murals, especially in, in Catholic cathedrals where they have these massive stained uh, glass paintings of this imagery, they get it twisted. And I've seen people railing online. It's like, look at all the tattoos with people with with 
lions and and lambs on their arms. They wouldn't do that if they didn't read a Bible verse that said that. Well, actually, they would. I've seen people do dumber tattoos than that. I can tell you that much. And I don't even think that's a dumb tattoo. That's just an imagery of what you think that a lion and a lamb is. But at the end of the day, I've seen people put misspellings on their body, much less a lion and a lamb. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's I I seen some really bad tattoos. I think that's always a bad one when they try to like, hey, well, this guy said it too. Okay, well, you two people can't be wrong. Like, what the hell? Like, yeah, like you're you're not going through the full context of anything. You're just breezing over it. And it's okay because sometimes we associate because when you were younger, maybe you didn't read the Bible fully and you saw this imagery, you're going to associate with it. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but to push back and say, no, absolutely not. Again, rooted in where, hey, it has to be. This is how I saw it. I know I saw right, it. Right, exactly. And what they do is they, if somebody's actually reading the Bible regularly and understands it, there's several Bible verses that will go ahead and negate that out the gate. You've got John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So at the end of the day, if you believe that this is from God, if you believe that, I'm not saying you have to, but if you do, it's not getting altered like that. There's not a supernatural altering of the Bible because you're dealing with supernatural beings at this point. And I promise you, and Sean says it better than I do, my guy's better than yours. Like, my guy is better than that evil one. So I'm telling you, that's not happening. The, the word of God's not getting manipulated now. Have men taken the Bible and manipulated it and what it says. Have people written things from the Bible or different versions of the Bible. I just gave you one earlier with these angels that gave this dentist uh, this new Bible. You're going to see this. The Book of Mormon's another good example of angelic beings giving us new words. But typically, and how I believe, listen, I'm open to get into like the translation debate. And for me, and if you guys can see the video right now, I've got Hebrew books behind me and dictionaries that I love to dig. And frankly, most guys will tell you if you really want the, the actual meanings of stuff, go to the Hebrew, go to the Kohen Greek, which I do. And I'm going to tell you right now, those verses didn't change. Those Mandela effects do not hinder the original text because the original texts are there. And I've, I've looked. So I just think that people are looking for a way to attack the word of God. And you and I talk about this. I think it's become more and more evident that there is this underlying current going through the world that's trying to like mosey that out and using CERN as a reason why it's happening. For some odd reason, they're making CERN the big bad, even on the PSYOP side. So I think the CIA is using that as a cover. Do I think CERN's up to no good? Absolutely. There's no way that they've got the goddess of destruction <laughs> as their symbol, and they're not. But we don't know what they're actually up to. We're just guesstimating. I don't think they're changing the timeline. Frankly, I think the only way they could change the timeline is if God let them. And I don't think he's letting them change the word. So, And I think that's a, a good segue into getting into... Maybe some of these, what we think might be Mandela effect or affecting them. Alternate realities, right? That's one that we hear all the time. A theory that's based on the Mandela effect origins from quantum physics relates to the idea that rather than one timeline events, alternate realities or universes 
may take place and mixing with our timeline. Now, I do subscribe to the uh, the alternate realities, and I've talked about it a lot, like where I think there's these layers, but I think they're always there. And I think that's what's leaking them in, whether you call it aliens, whether you call it angels. I don't care. You guys could debate that. To me, it's all the same thing. I don't know fully what it is, so I don't try to go too. I can, I'm either or, man. And it's kind of the same thing. They're blending it a little bit. And with frequencies, I believe that it blends into it, but I don't know that it changes everything. I think that the reason people think it's CERN is because on September 10th, 2008, that's when they flipped it on. So they're like, that's when everything changed. And she came out with everything 2009, right? So people are like going with it, you know, probably CERN when she switched on, they switched on CERN. Hey, Sean, let me ask you something. What did you just say about CERN getting turned on? What, what was the date on that? 2008. Did you say 2008? September 10th. Mm-hmm. You said 2008? Yep. 2008. 2008. I need these people to keep that in their minds because we keep talking about 2009, 2008. We're going to hit you. We will hit you with what that means. Don't be 2000 and late. (laughs) 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 Booyah, dog. (laughs) Another thing that could be contributed, like, and again, you'll probably hear us all the time where we're talking about Bigfoot, whether we're talking about angels, whether we're talking about whatever. There's multitudes of answers. We're not going to be here and be like, it is this. Now, the more mainstream answer is false memory syndrome. Now, it will be noted that false memory syndrome is not, like, most psychiatrists do not even look at it as a real thing. But what they say, false memory, uh, uh, false memory syndromes are mis- misremembered, disoriented, or fabricated recollected, recollection of past events. False memories can impact your eating habits. Studies have shown that intentionally planting false memories could potentially help people stick to healthy behaviors. For example, researching create, researchers created a f- false memory by suggesting that participants had become ill after eating certain foods as children. So this whole false memory thing kept getting me into the slip. So like, I was reading the mainstream version. I'll go a little bit further. It says false memories have led to lawsuits and financial judgments against therapists providers when false uh, uh, repressed memories of traumatic events have been uncovered in therapy. So there's therapists that probably for money, they don't really care about or even ego, or maybe they're just because if you do, I knew a couple people, I'm not going to say all again, but there's some people I know that went into therapy and psychiatrics and all that, and they're not the best of people and they're big on manipulation. So I could see them playing these games with people and they're digging up false memories of traumatic events. And sometimes it could lead people for false accusations and convictions of various crimes like sexual, sexual uh, harassment or sexual assaults and things of that nature. Now they gave a couple tips. They said, this affects everybody. They claim that it doesn't matter if you, cl- you have the best of memories, that this can affect all of us. Now, some of the tips to not get into this false memory is use imagery, right? It, when we see something associated, like if you put your keys down to not forget it, because most of the time when you lose your keys, you're unconsciously just setting them in a place while you're doing multiple things. You don't know. You didn't get to picture it. But if you go, I'm putting them in the ashtray. I am putting them in the bowl or wherever. 
you're going to remember that. Also, search your memories, either through meditation or just sitting there and actually piecing together and really trying to remember it, not going off the cuff and trying to whim. And the last one is evaluate, corroborate memories. So get the full context of what was going on and the pieces you can't remember, ask multiple people if you can, right? If they were involved, because this does not only happen with a movie or a line of a song. This happens with people's day-to-day lives. I watched the brain games and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I used to watch a lot of brain games. And one of them that was always interesting to me is they had people playing a uh, three card Molly, a uh, three card Monty. And behind them, there was somebody that got mugged. There was 20 people. Now they asked them, what happened? What did you see? And when they asked these people, the descriptions were so crazy. Some five people, there was two people. One was seven foot tall. One, there was out of the 20 people, one person got close to what they saw. So that tells me that people are just creating on the fly because they think, like you said earlier, they're persuaded or they think that like, Hey, I got to go group think this false memory though. Like I said, is widely not accepted amongst psychologists or psychiatrics in general, but we do see it in our day-to-day lives. I'm sure everybody has a friend that is telling a story and you're like, what are you talking about? That part didn't happen, but they created it over years and they thought that it happened. So they continue the story and it's not an intentional lie. It's them truly believing that that happened and they can't explain anything else. Yeah. You're talking about false memories. Uh, one of the things that's interesting though, um, they say if, if you consider simple neuroscience explanation um, to this, it even equates to something as simple as who is Alexander Hamilton. So you can ask people, which in school you were taught that he was a founding father of the United States, that he's not president. But you ask most people, they'll say he's the president of the United States. He's mistakenly said that. So the problem is, Alexander Hamilton is encoded in an area of the brain where memories for presidents of the United States are stored, which means that memory traces are stored in this place called an engram. And the framework in which similar memories are associated with is called the schema. So when you try to recall Hamilton, it sets off those neurons that are in close connection to those memories. So in that aspect, there's a scientific way of explaining false memories. But again, to your point, it's not something that's, it's not super definable, right? But that's the best way they've been able to define it is if you brought up Alexander Hamilton, which a lot of people will say is a president of the United States, but that's why they do that because he's in such close proximity of that area of the brain where you have presidents. So that can happen with anything. We're we're looking for the quick way out. We're always looking for the quick way in our brains and we make mistakes because we do that. It's called cognitive uh, mising. Uh, in psychology, the human mind is considered to be a cognitive miser due to the tendency of humans to think and solve problems in simpler and a less effortful way rather than a more sophisticated and effortful way, regardless of intelligence. So no matter if you're super high on the IQ scale or super low on the IQ scale, we're always looking for a quicker way to get to the answer because we don't want to waste time. That's just how our brains are built. 
So I got a little test for you, Sean. This is part of this cognitive miser. I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but we're, we're going to do this. So I got a little math problem. Let's see, let's see how you do. A baseball bat and a ball cost $110 in total. The bat cost $100 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? So the bat and the baseball cost $110 together. Yes. The bat cost $100 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Costs $100 more, so it would have to be $105? You got it. You got yeah, it. Right. But most, like, people, <laughs> most people would say $10. Because they're thinking a hundred, the bat cost a hundred dollars. I'm gonna ne- subtract that. That's just on the quick on the fly. But a hundred dollars more than the ball. So you got to look at it that way. That's why I was like, well, it can't be one ten. Uh, right away, I knew that. But then I had it. It did stump me though for a little bit because I was like, because I had to think about. It. I was like, man, what would that be? But that's called cognitive mising because most people would have said quickly on the fly that the ball's ten bucks. Because the bat costs $100, but it's $100 more. So you'll see that a lot with people where they use this cognitive mising with everything, where it's a quick answer, but it's the wrong thing. So I think that's what a lot of this Mandela effect is too, is cognitive mising, where your brain or your mind is creating what you think is the answer. It's not. It's a false answer or false memory. I think that's what false memories are in in all essence. Like cognitive mising maybe is a better word or term for what maybe false memories are. But that's at least my take on it of how we can trick ourselves a lot of times by just, you know, trying to find the shortcut. (laughs) Yeah. And filling in the blank, you know, like, hey, mirror, mirror on the wall sounds good. You know what I mean? Like that sounds really good. So why wouldn't it be? And I think we go for the quickest answer and that what we think is logical, right? Kind of like, oh, well, that seems like it would fit there. Let's uh, let's run with that. And we go faster now because internet, uh, social media, like our attention spans are even like, oh, 20 minute videos. Nope. I'll take the one minute and 30 seconds and then keep swiping. So I think that also intensifies it. I also... Side note, but I just seen this when I was looking, searching through uh, TikTok for some of this stuff. And I saw someone, and I think they were Gen Z, and they were like, you know what? Can somebody tell me why the millennials talk so slow? And I was like, what, man? I really, I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing, man. Like, so is that a Mandela effect now? Like, I didn't know that millennials talk too slow. I guess I'm the, I'm a, we're kind of millennials. I, I don't know what the fuck we are, but I don't know if we talk too slow. I was just like, man, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's kind of weird, man. I think that's another Mandela effect or this, the way that they try to trick you into my, well, my generation's better than yours. I mean, everybody thinks their generation's better, man. It's just like with music. My hip hop was better than your hip hop because we had real hip hop. And it's like, bro, I know because I grew up during that hip hop. There was some garbage truck juice hip hop in all eras. And a matter of fact, all music. Garbage rock, that was popular. Garbage everything. You just liked it then. And now you think that that's classic or it's better than what's out now. It's the same thing. Or sometimes you didn't even like it because there's times that I didn't even like stuff. But because of nostalgia, when you hear it, it just like brings you back to a time. And I think that's also what happens with these mixed memories. And going into the false memory syndrome, it got me digging, right? Because I was like, okay, that's what scientists say mainstream science is talking about it i like where you go with it because i think it's true we try to fill in the blank all the time but then i started going like well you know cia has tons of programs 
You know, we got the Bluebird, we got the Artichoke, MK Naomi, MK Search, Pandora, Midnight Climax, MK Ultra, which is the best known. Everybody is all about that's like the the mainstream that's the dogman of uh <laughs> of uh mind experiments but they all had similar strategies of what they were doing they were trying to get telekinesis they were getting prisoners civilians patients a lot of mental patients and young children they were giving them all kinds of different drugs psychedelics hallucinogens masculine lsd ketamine psilocybin all these different drugs to see if they could implant memories, if they could take away memories, if they could get people to do psychic powers. They were looking through all aspects in each of these programs that I named, these projects. They were all similar and they kind of all mashed it together in one. And I think that's why MK Ultra is like whatever. That's why it is MK Ultra, like MAGA Ultra. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all in one, man. It's all, it's it's all ready to one. go. MAGA they Ultra! MAGA! All, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> they, they, the MK Ultra program is all of them mashed together, and there was so many stuff like because they, you know, they destroyed files. Richard Helms ordered people in 1973 before the congressional investigations destroy a lot of the files, but there still is stuff on the books, and there is good reporters still out there and journalists that are actually doing the FOIAs and getting the Freedom of Information Acts to get some of these documents. And this is a document from September 15th, 1984, approved for release in eight, uh, August 21st, 2008. Now, John Hart, NBC News, has new information and mind experiments done 20 years ago without the patient's knowledge. Experiments funded by the CIA. This information indicates the CIA was interested in learning how to erase memory. The report by Paul Altmaier identified woman unidentified woman this is her speaking i would say it cost me my life unidentified man i was completely it was like they had c complete control over me val i've heard that it was the most brutal program under the mk ultra in the states and in canada outmire their former patients part of the cia funded experiments mk ultra performed at this gothic estate known as Ravens Craig in Montreal, the work was done by the late Dr. Wynn and involved extensive use of potentially dangerous drugs, excess electric shock, shock treatment, and endless tape-recorded messages sleeping patients. Some heard that the same message a quarter of a million times. Newly released documents show the CIA's former chief psychologist, John Jin. Gingender monitored Cameron's project for the agency. So we'll post this on the disinformation. You could read it for yourself. Probably do a little bit better on the pronunciation. <laughs> but hey, man, you know, we're doing it on the fly. This is a code read, man. Code read. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that's why I thought it was the most interesting because we always talk about MK Ultra. We talk about like, you know, controlling people's minds, uh, maturity and candidates, all those things. This specifically talks about erasing memories. And that made me go further because I was like, they're trying. Did they stop that? You know, just because we see that. And I know that was in 2008. They didn't stop that. I think they rebrand and go into science. See, it's not always just the CIA. That's why we have DARPA and we have science. 
So memories of fear could be permanently erased, study shows. The latest study carried out in mice unpicks why certain sounds can stir alarming memories and reveals a new approach to wiping such memories from the brain. They go further, and one of the things this study did was kind of analyze all this from that movie with Jim Carrey, the, uh, what's it called? The Eternal of the Spotless Mind. Oh, man. I can't remember the name of that. Jim Carrey. Hold on. Give me one second. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes, exactly. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where he goes to a doctor because he wants to forget his girlfriend, and he takes that memory away from it. And then, like, the the end of the movie is, like, he couldn't. They were in love. Right. He couldn't get rid of it I've or whatever. It's great. But people are really caring. Pe- yeah, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. The researchers say that findings could be used to either weaken or strengthen particular memories. We can use the same approach to selectively manipulate only the pathological fear memory while preserving all the adaptive fear memories which are necessary for our daily lives. That's what Dr. Cho said, co-author of the research from the University of California. Now, this is where it gets interesting. So, we already know they're doing these kind of experiments. It's not really out of the ordinary. But with all this COVID stuff, this part of the research really got me like, whoa, this is weird. The researchers used those mice to experiment the pathways between the amygdala area of the brain responsible for emotion, memories, and the area that produces particular sounds, they played a series of low and high-pitched tones that shocks the mice feet with the electrodes on the high-pitched sound. The team then discovered it was possible to completely erase fearful or unwanted memories using a technique called, guys, I'm going to slaughter it, (laughs) what is it? optic genetics while medication has been used for the purpose to remove the negative associates of some memories this technique involves using a virus to introduce genes into particular neurons into the brain of the mice that were involved in the high-pitched pathways so where have we heard that before what did everybody just get we got all these so-called mrna shots that some of us believe there may be some kind of nanotechnology, but they used a virus or a vaccine. Cause if you hear a lot of the news, they mess it up all the time. Even uh, the, the press conferences they have, you know, Oh, we got to get this virus to everybody and to repress fears. It reminded me also of like some of those dystopian movies, you know, like uh, the giver where like, Hey, just take this pill. There's no more emotion. And they're talking about attacking the amygdala, which processes most of the fear that we have going on in our brains i just thought that this specific study goes hand in hand with what the cia cia has been doing for decades Yeah, absolutely and maybe some of these uh mandela effects are the training ground for some of this stuff on a wide scale and maybe it is things that they're giving us and that we're taking willingly maybe over the past few years, maybe even before that, maybe stuff we didn't even know we were taking in our foods, anything else. That's stuff you got to think about. Um, they're doctoring everything they're giving us. So even things that you think are healthy, a lot of times that they're sneaking stuff in because they are training our minds, at least trying to, and part of training their minds as well is priming. Uh, I think I was talking to you about this off air, but priming is 
describing factors leading up to an event that affects our perception of it. So basically, you are manipulating somebody by saying something a certain way. This is very CIA, very uh, police-oriented tactic, but you can do this even in social media where you say, did you see the black car instead of a black car? So you're making a suggestion that influences a response and a memory. So I could say something to you. Did you see that when they did that? And immediately your mind is triggered to remember that happening. And if it didn't happen, somebody might be, yeah, I did. And before you know it, now you have a memory implanted into you via some sort of CIA operation or PSYOP. And that could even run congruent with what you just said about them giving you something. So imagine them giving you something that makes you susceptible to some sort of priming that they give you. And now you've got false memories that have been implanted into your brain because of a combination of chemicals and uh, basically hypnotics <laughs> at that point. They're hypnotizing you with their words. My friends, uh, one of his ex-girlfriends used to do that. She heard the stories that me and him would say so much. She would tell people the story. Like, we'd be right there. And she truly believed she was there. And we're like, no, you weren't. Because she said the story so many times to different people. And we're like, we know who was there. I know you weren't there. But because she heard it, she felt like she was where we were at all the time. Like, oh, yeah, I remember when you did it. And we're like, no, you weren't there. So it can happen on your day-to-day -day basis. And that's not a Mandela effect. And I think... When we get into the Mandela effect, I think that all the, there's all the possibilities. Could there be portals? Could there be time slips? Sure. I think that uh, the realms are different. I think that when we, the mergers are of realities, I think this is different. I think we see that little specs, like it would be something totally different. It wouldn't be changing the name of something or someone speaking different. It would be like, oh man, there's a Mothman. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh wow, there's, I feel, there's these weird cryptids. I feel like it's more about what you're saying where you're seeing rifts and things opening up and things coming in and out. Now, do I think that time travel is possible? Yeah, I think there's things that are possible, but I do think that there is a uh, godly order to it all. So I don't think that these entities or even human beings with our ability to figure a lot of this stuff out as well, with or without fallen angels, because I do think we're pretty smart as human beings, I don't think that we're getting outside of that natural order. We always talk about the natural order of things. I don't think we can get outside of that. I think there's going to be some sort of order or it's just all chaos at that point. And then there just isn't a God. You might as well believe in the big bang and evolution at that point. Cause it's just pure chaos theory that everything just kind of just happened on its own. So if you believe in that, cool. Then you can believe in chaos theory and everything else. Um, I just don't not with everything I've studied. There just has to be a natural order to it. And I do think the Mandela effect is being used to knock out logic. I mean, even things like the Occam's razor, which is very interesting. William, William of Occam, a 14th century English philosopher and theologian, basically came out with this statement. And it translates to entities must not be multiplied beyond necessity, which basically means the simplest explanation is usually the best one. So when we're looking at things, 
you and I tend to go crazy, but a lot of times we reel it back in. I actually go crazy and I reel it back in. You start out reeling it in and then you go crazy if it doesn't make sense at the simplest answer. So you probably are the epitome of Occam's razor. You are like, might as well just call you like Sean Occam at this point because you really do think <laughs> that way. And I thought about that when I was reading about this. But the funny thing about Occam's razor is that is now being said to be a Mandela effect in these truther communities that Occam's razor isn't even real. That, that was implemented by the CIA and it is a Mandela effect that Occam didn't even exist. And I ran across that and I'm like, wow. So they're even going into history and trying to change it, which is nothing new. That's nothing new at all. Uh, but I do think that, and I, and I hate to say this to all the truthers that are listening, but one thing you've got to understand about this community, whatever you want to call it, conspiratorial, truther, whatever term that you use, I believe that this vicinity of people, we are an absolute testing ground for three letters, for occultic organizations. We are the 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 real testers. I don't think that the average is like some people would call sheep or people that aren't awake. They're not really the testers. They're not the guys they got to test. They know what they're going to do. We're the testers. How do you make the critical mind slip up? And Sean, you said something really interesting to me on the phone a week ago, and you made a good point with this. A lot of the truther community or whatever we call it now, is very new. They are babies to these concepts. The problem is with that is them being babies, they follow whatever they hear or whatever talking heads that they believe. They don't actually research. Do you know the amount of people, Sean, that don't really research, that think they have it all figured out? They just listen to a few podcasts. They go on TikTok, they go on Instagram, they flip through their reels, they look at a minute, 30 seconds of somebody talking about something, and then they go and get in an argument with somebody over it. They have no idea. We, we bring up Bluebeam all the time. Bluebeam is a, a prime example, prime example. We literally post a video about the alien bodies found just to put it out there like, hey, this is what they're saying, right? We never even really said what we thought outside of the little fallen angel imagery I put at the end. But immediately, here they came. Blue beam, blue beam, blue beam. People were just posting the word blue beam. Fake! But here's the best part. Fake! <laughs> blue beam has nothing to do with actual bodies found. That would be a completely different term. So now you've taken a term and blanketed it across everything. When blue beam, which we will eventually do an episode on what blue beam is and how it started, but that's not what blue beam is. But that's what's happening in this truther community. And that's part of the testing ground. These three letter agencies are infiltrating in and they're tricking you to believe whatever's happening. And you are part of the herd. You are just as much as a sheep as the people you rail against. You believe whatever you're told. You follow in line with everything else. You use the same buzzwords, howbeit differently than the other side. You're just as bad as the woke crowd. And I know you don't want to hear it, but a lot of people are because they don't take responsibility on doing research. Sean and I say all the time, we're here to break down these idols. Part of that is don't idolize us. We don't ask you to do that. We hope that we can point you in the right direction to look and research yourself. 
We're giving you tools. Matter of fact, that's why we put up the disinformation section on the website so we can give you some of the stuff that we dig into. Matter of fact, we get emails and DMs all the time, and I try to answer them, especially if somebody's asking for information. Had a guy earlier today was like, hey, man, what do you use to really dig into the Bible, into the Hebrew and the Koan Greek? And I just gave him, hey, this is what I do. A lot of these books are super old. I got from my father who's a preacher, so I, I don't know where to tell you where you could find them. You know what I mean? They've been around for... 50 years like uh, or longer. Search old bookstores, though, man. Like, just keep looking at old bookstores and you'll, you'll eventually come up on one. That's the only real way to do it. Or you could spend a lot of money and go online and you could get duped, too, because there's a lot of that. I think that we should warp into the finale. <laughs> <laughs> and I like a lot of the stuff where we're talking about like CIA. I think they do have, we all, we know like there's documentations of all these programs and I'm not saying this is kind of like my Nephilim, I guess like, right. Everything to me boils down. We told you to remember the year 2009. We told you to remember the year 2008. And the reason is because I'm more and more seeing this connection of, cause in 2008, there was a paper that was written by Cass Sunstein Cognitive infiltration, which you can read on the disinformation section of killthemockingbirds.com. And that's what I believe this is. It's another narrative where they're implementing these phenomenons to go after the truther community. And I, now I'm starting to think there's different factions. I believe that this Mandela effect is to attack, you know, some of the 9-11 people like the insider job. But I think it's particular is to attack the paranormal researchers. And that's why they use Fiona, because she is supposedly a paranormal researcher. And I think that's to discredit them. And this CERN research and anything with alternate alternate universes and dimensions and, and aliens and angels, I believe that is what that's for, as well as to separate man from religion. Not religion, man from God. I think that this is that push where they're telling, hey, nothing's real. Everything's a simulation. You know, the things you used to know are now changing. The Bible's even changing. Your beliefs are now changing because the God that you believed is no longer in existence because look, they changed it. It's that manipulation factor that we see from the fallen, that we see from the devil. Uh, all these people, well, entities are trying to manipulate you and the people that are pushing it are not all trying to maybe necessarily manipulate you. A lot of them truly believe that, but because they haven't done the due diligence and they're not doing the critical thinking, I believe this is just another faction to attack this community of truth, which we try to represent all of it. We're not just news. We're paranormal. We talk about cryptids. We talk about, you know, the Bible, the paranormal, the alchemical, everything. They want there's certain factions like I think flat earthers are mainly there to deter people from talking about the the fake landing of the moon. And we're seeing more and more of this and nothing against any flat earthers, because like we said many times, you guys got a lot of good information. But when you're not critically thinking and you're getting wrapped up into these fads, I would say, which the Mandela effect is to me. You, you fall in line because if you see the same people that we're talking about are, if you're talking about Q, you're probably talking about Mandela effects. If you're talking about Mandela effects, you're probably talking about flat earth and the cycle continues. Doesn't mean you have all your information wrong. It means you're balling it up, rooting in and not allowing any other information. Like you said, it's killing critical thinking. 
as well as when you kill critical thinking, you kill creativity. They go hand in hand. And that's why we're seeing so much of this robotic NPC stuff, because I saw people talking about the Mandela effect. And if you don't see what they see, then you are an NPC. And that's the divide that they're constantly trying to do. So my wrap up is it's Cass Sunstein, Cognitive Infiltration. Cass Sunstein in the kitchen with the knife. Booyah, dog. <laughs> Booyah, dog. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Cass Sunstein's Cognitive Infiltration. How many times we got to tell you all that? We're going to tell you all that till we're not podcasting anymore. We keep telling people to go read it. It's on the website. Cognitive infiltration. He explains how to infiltrate the conspiracy community with crazier conspiracies that aren't true to muddle the truth. And if you notice, after 2008 is when the spike happened. Mandela effect the next year. Flatter took off a few years after that. QAnon a few years after that. On and on and on. Uh, what's that clone dude uh, we talked about? Um, man, we talked about the clone episode. Uh, he came out in like 20, 2011, 2012. Uh, the dude that said he was a clone. I can't even remember his name. Someone's like, shut up! <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. These things all happen in that time frame. And that's, to me, just shows you the proof. He wrote the paper. He showed you the blueprint. And now we're looking at the fruits of his labor. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think, man, Donald Marshall. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> dog. I'll give you another one for that. <laughs> it kicked in. That was a Mandela effect. <laughs> you got lost yeah. in a time slip. And it, you were going to say Marshall Donald. And then. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. That was the old one, man. That's a, man. You got to keep up with it. But then sometimes I would be thinking, I'd be smoking a lot of weed. So sometimes I'd be thinking everything's a Mandela effect. I'd be like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, I'm going to tell you, though, I'm with you 100% on this one. You know, I went into it with open mind. And, I, you know, I know a lot about the Mandela effect. So do you. We live in this community. But I wanted to go into it with a critical mind when we we're doing this presentation and see what I really thought about it. And the more. I was digging, the more it seems like a psyop. It just seems like all of these other big ones. And you always say a really good term is people get so deep rooted with the roots of their uh, intellectual tree that they get so deep on these subjects that these subjects become them. That's why people get so angry when you challenge something like Flat Earth or you challenge something like QAnon or you challenge something like the Mandela effect, any of these major hotbed topics in the truth or world, rarely do you see guys that believe in these things that are very chill and open-minded to where they're saying, you know what, this is what I believe because it's the research I've done, but you know what, I could be wrong. And that's something you'll always hear Sean and I talk about. The only thing I don't waver on is God, and that's my belief system, and that's but I've had the fortunate and unfortunate um, time in my life to have gone away from that and being able to see the other side of it and delve into all these other aspects and ideas to come to a realization of like, this is where I'm at and this is where I want to build with God. But outside of that, man, I'm pretty open-minded to whatever. Again, if I wake up tomorrow and the earth's a square, it's not going to affect how I get on this podcast or how I talk to people. 
It doesn't change anything. I'm not going to start calling myself square earth Joel and deep rooting myself into some sort of ideology that is going to make me angry if people don't believe like me. That, that should never happen. We should always be open-minded to being wrong about these subjects because none of us can prove it. Just like I say I could never prove God to you. I can't physically put that physical version of him next to me and show that to you. Now I can show you what he's done for me and what he's done for people around me, but that's it. Like I, I can only do that, and that's why I believe. But again, that's why we call it a belief system. It's not a fact system. It's a belief system. And you got to understand about these subjects too, like the Mandela effect. It's a belief system. There's a lot of holes in it though. And we're just pointing out the holes. We're not saying that it's all fake, but there are holes to it. And I think that's kind of where I'm at with you, man. I, It's a psyop. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a psychological operation. And a lot of people were telling me they feel like they got Mandela affected because they think that there was this time that you and Jensaki were together. But I was like, it's not a Mandela effect. It's reality, unfortunately. You know, that's why you're on the new search. I'm with you, bud, man. I'm, I'm going out on a limb. I'm right here preaching to everybody that's listening right now. We need to find the new superior ginger top top of the bloodlines you know what i mean can't none of this like watered down stuff we need pure blooded gingers give us some more suggestions we yeah, need it's it it's been tough man i mean i'll say yeah, i'm going on three weeks now i haven't talked to her and you know i actually blocked her from my phone you told me to do that so i i did uh, you know I, i'm i'm i quit cold turkey that's tough man i mean yeah, i was a sake addict you know, man, it's like I had to get those eight shots in a day, like just to get up to go to work. You know, that's a that's a tough life, man. And then at the end of the night, bottle of sake, you know, it, it's it, it gets rough, man. You're doing that seven days a week. And now I'm quitting cold turkey. But, you know, I feel better. I feel like I've got, you know, more pep in my step, man. I got color in my face, you know, even though I'm pale skin, got a little, a little bit of color. Got out in the sun a little bit, you know, just trying to feel life. And I know that there's another elite ginger that's out there. It's just tough, though, man. She she was like, I always thought she was the one. And then, you know. But you're helping me. One day at a time. One day at a time. You know what I mean? Go to killthemockingbirds.com. Leave us a message right there. Go to the contact area and be like, hey, Joel, I got such and such blank. I don't know. You guys will have a better chance with that than we will. Also, while you're there, might as well go check out the merch. Brand new Dogman is the new Bigfoot shirt. Portal Baby shirts, too. Thanks, everybody. That's Those are just flying off the shelves, man. People love those Portal Babies. Thanks for the support. Five stars. Share the show. Sean Chris, Joel Thomas on all music streaming platforms. And we're going to get out of here on what song? Lights on the Mesa, baby. You already know off the... Shape of Shadows soundtrack. Please go listen to the whole thing. It's been doing really well. I, I really appreciate you guys going and checking out the new album. New music coming too. We got a lot of crazy stuff on the way with Sean and I. You know, we're full media here. Like, it's not just podcasting. We do it all. So we really appreciate all the love, man. You guys have been fantastic. 
Keep hitting us up with the five stars. We love reading them. And if you got some interesting information, the best way to send it is not DMing us because we don't get all the DMs because they'll get in these weird folders. Just email us. Go to the website and we'll we'll get the information from you and we'll look into it. Just like the lady that sent us the Trump video. We were able to check it out. And you know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Brat! Brat! Bird killers! to the sevens, this is my confession, whoa, 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 the lights around me beckon, yeah, 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 I'm lost in my reflection, no, 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 I ain't trying to go away at all, I don't know if I'm caught up in the lights on the mesa, they're so bright, makes me think about life, in the desert that's swallowing me whole. Trying to cruise on a trip But I know that my script Is written in a way That will make it easy for me, I know When people look at me, they look for something they can define I just never knew a box I couldn't decline I never thought of being one of a kind I just spent my time elevating my mind This is my confession, whoa, whoa, whoa Lights around me beckon, yeah, yeah, yeah Lost in my reflection, no, no, no I ain't trying to go away at all I don't know if I'm caught up in the lights on the mesa They're so bright Makes me think about life In the desert that's swallowing me whole I'm just trying to cruise on a trail But I know that Cruise on a trail, but I know.